0: Hi there. Welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Thursday morning, May 6th, 2021. Fantasy Focus Baseball is presented by LinkedIn Jobs. He is Tristan H. Cockroft. The H stands for happy. Kyle Soppy produces and researches. And I am merely Eric Carabell. On today's show, another no hitter to discuss. There's going to be like 12 of them this year. Several top players head back to the injury list, which concerns me. Plus, Tristan, as always, sings and answers your Hash Brown questions. la, There you go. Right off the top. It's also Mother's Day weekend. Please call your mother, Tristan. I'm sure you will. I will, too. I'll
1: actually get to see her. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. The good thing about being vaccinated, yeah, is that it's a little less nerve-wracking to to see her. So, you know. All right. That's That's a
0: good sign. That's why everyone should do that. Let's talk baseball now. John Means, he was talking baseball. (laughs) How about that? And he's the number one pure pitcher on our player radar and doing great in points leagues. His numbers are unbelievable. Number one. He throws the fourth no-hitter of the season. I'm going to count the one that didn't count, Joe Musgrove, Carlos Rodon. Madison Bumgarner threw a no-hitter. The game ended. He did all he could. Um, John Means was great. Not exactly the best offense he faced, but he threw strikes on pretty much every pit, every first pitch. Um, It's a lot of strikeouts for John Means. Nine plus Ks in three of his past four starts. Uh, A 100% strand rate is uh, not going to continue. But John Means is a lot better than I thought he was, and I'm— guessing a lot better than you thought he was his numbers from two years ago screamed regression and then last year he was bad it's a bad team but he looks like he's pretty special more special than we thought how special do you think he is
1: probably that of a top 50 locked in starter the rest of the year which means in mixed leagues you're not letting him go but I don't think he's a guy who's going to carry you certainly not to these levels um if you look at the underlying metrics Last year's was pitching a little bit beneath his true skill, and this year is pitching significantly ahead of it. And there are players like this over the past half decade that, that do this from year over year, and we have to meet in the middle of the rest of the season. So I'm, I'm he, he might be the first of these no-hitter guys, and you know we, I'm kind of with you on the Bumgarner thing. I'm more objectionable to the seven-inning rule than the Bumgarner no-hitter definition, that he is one that you could sell high on right now.
0: Why would you sell high on John Means but not Carlos Rodon? To, just to, to two guys that threw no hitters, two lefties. Mm-hmm. Um, Means, I'm looking at Means' numbers right now. His FIP is 2.99. There's a BABIP issue, 158. Obviously, that can't continue. But his swing strike percentage is nothing like 2019. He yeah. look, and his his K percentage is 30. percent So, and his ground ball percent is way up. This is a guy who's a lot better than he was in 2019. So, I guess my question for you is. What what do you see that is not real? Why is John Means not a top twenty five starting pitcher in fantasy right now? Why do you not view him that way? I'm I'm getting to the
1: point where I'm going to think about doing that. Okay, so there's <laughs> there's quite a few things on this one. One, you're right about the swinging strike rate rate, rate is up among starting pitchers, ninth seventeen percent. That's very good. That is the one metric that that is really popping out off the page in his numbers. We might have a difference in site classification of better balls because the ground ball rate for me is actually down. Um, the other is if you look at stat cast things like expected ERA, that is actually pretty close to where last year's number was for him. He was 302 last year. He's a 262 so far this season. The other thing is he's not getting one of the league leading called strike rates, which would kind of back up his stuff with that swinging strike number. I, I feel like he's been a little bit fortunate, by the way, barrel rate over 10%. That means People are uh, squaring him up at times. They didn't, obviously, in this game. That's because the matchup was great. And by the way, all these guys capitalize on matchups if you throw in Bumgarner's shadows. Uh, I I just think that Rodon's raw stuff is better than Means is. But the defense for Means, and you you make a good point here, that they might be both equivalent sell-high candidates, is that Rodon's very unlikely to match means innings means might be a full-time starting pitcher means might challenge 200 innings pitch. I don't know that the Orioles need to do it, but Rodon is not getting there.
0: Um, I don't have means in my top 25 yet, but I'm saying like, I don't know who he's facing next, but like if he beats the Yankees in the next two weeks or the Red Sox, I don't know why we're being cold on him. He's Um, a two-start
1: pitcher facing the Mets on the road and the Yankees probably at home, depending on their All right, Well, then
0: there we go. Let's get to some non-fun stuff now, injuries. And I think my concern here with some of these injuries is I can't remember a season, and I'm sure there has been, where so many top players are going back to the injured list for the same injury, and it's the first week of May. Now Rendon was not quite the same injury, but with Yelich and Springer, it is. Yelich has a back injury that could be a problem, and he's clearly not ready. Springer is the, what the quad, and Rendon is a knee where he just hit a ball off his knee. That that seems to be like minor; he's back in ten days. Mm-hmm. Yelich and Springer scare me, and to the point where I drop them a lot in my rankings. Or you know, I, I just when it, when you have a back injury, you're not going to be able to hit for power. You're not going to be able to steal bases. And they don't even know. Like, they know Springer's injury. You can define that. That's two more weeks. You, you can't define Yellich. What if Yellich is out to the All-Star break? I, I'm really concerned about him.
1: Yeah, and this goes back a little to my uh, comment about instinctually fading players with repeats and setbacks with the same injury. And Yelich's is particularly disturbing because we know the history of back problems and what it does to power. And the fact that his past history showed that he has a tendency to put the ball on the ground when he puts it in play, when he's not fully right. And if that happens, even after he comes back, it's going to definitely bring his value down. We've, we've debated him quite a bit springers. It's also a repeat injury that bugs me. I, I, I just have a major issue with it. And they're both very special, talented players who are capable of being top 20 overall types when they're healthy. I mean, I really do think Springer has the natural ability to be a top 20 overall player on the high end, but I'm concerned. I'm with you. I, I think that's a big deal. Rendon's was a little bit more fluky of the, the three.
0: I mean, like, who was it that had a quad injury in the last year or two, probably two years ago, because last year was only two months. Was it was a Donaldson where it just lasted all year. So, and Springer obviously is fast. Aaron Judge had a, no, Aaron Judge's was an oblique. I mean, like Stefania tells us, Stefania Bell, the great Stefania Bell, that, you know, injury, if you're hurt already, that's the greatest uh, factor in another injury is, uh, you know, a repeat injury. And, I mean, Yelich is obviously never healed. Springer hurt it again. I don't know. I'm concerned here. I mean, it's not like Luis Robert. And th- mm-hmm. that guy's out for three months. In fact, you can make the case to drop him in a yep. redraft format. He's not coming back till September. And who knows if that messy team is doing anything in September with their manager. So I, I would say keep Yellich, obviously. Keep-, keep Rendon, keep Springer. Luis Robert, can you make a case to keep him around on an ESPN standard? Or are you rostering somebody who who's coming off the DL soon?
1: Yeah, not a chance. I would actually drop Luis Robert for a guy like Tony Gonsolin, who I wrote about yesterday, who's IL eligible. If you got that spot, that's what I would do. Um, but use the spot. I, I, Robert is not going to be back before August, as you said. That's the best case scenario. And even after that, he hasn't actually proven enough of the major league level to warrant locking in for that length of time. Just in our standard game, it doesn't make sense.
0: Uh, How concerned are you about Jacob deGrom? This is a lat, uh, lat right-side tightness in the lat, and he's missing one start. But you could see him in his last outing. He was kind of rubbing it, holding it while he was in the dugout. And hopefully this is not a big thing, but he's the best pitcher in fantasy. And, you know, if he's going to miss a couple more starts, then we, you know, He's not the best pitcher in fantasy. It'd be, be Cole or Bieber or somebody else or John means. So the point is here, how concerned are you about you? See how I snuck that one in there. How, I like it. <laughs> how John means business, Tristan. I don't he know does. about you, but John means business. He does. He certainly does. Uh, um, I The ground. Hopefully this is only like one or two stars. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I'd, I'd love to give you the, I'm not remotely concerned reaction, but I am a little bit. And, and, and there's two reasons for that. One is, The fact that he's showing some high level max effort velocity, you and I have talked about this over the years, that it it does bug me a little bit when pitchers are trying to throw as hard as they could, Dustin May in that recent start. Um, And and I know this injury isn't tied to that, but if he tries to pitch at less than 100% and does stuff like that, I just worry about what could happen down the road. And the other thing too is, you and I, we've been tracking the numbers to date. And Jacob Degrom's volume has not been matching Garrett Cole's, and it has not been matching Shane Bieber's. And by the way, it's actually not matching. Last I checked, Clayton Kershaw's, which yeah, makes that me would a be an issue
0: if, mm-hmm. if we don't rank Kershaw as a top ten starting pitcher based on the volume, then maybe we're over-ranking Degrom number one.
1: I, I just want to believe that DeGrom gives you 33 starts of 220 innings. I think he's capable of it. If he's healthy, that, that, you know, I mean, even if he throws at 95% effort, I think he could give you number one starting pitcher in the game numbers, but it's so far, not so good. It's not it's all perfect.
0: It's not. Uh, Dustin May has Tommy Don surgery. He's out till halfway through next season. Are you worried about the Dodgers? You know, we, 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 we originally thought of the Dodgers in March as a juggernaut winning 110 games. Their starting pitchers would be handled carefully. Right now, they don't have enough of them. We thought they had like 10 of them. But with Price out, May out, Gonsolin, still a little unproven there. Do you think they might switch up how they use, say, Kershaw and Bueller and others who we assume were not going to make more than 30 starts, but now that their depth
1: has been compromised, maybe they will? Yeah, I'm the Dodgers are in a curious position where I'm not worried. I am worried about the rotation depth that's not as good as it was without May and with the injuries to David Price and Gonsolin currently, although Gonsolin's on the mend. I, I think the offense is having a few guys who are just not getting good fortune on batted balls and things, and they're just in a little bit of a funk. I mean, Mookie Betts immediately comes to mind that you know he has points in his career where his numbers just don't reflect the true talent, and I think that's where he is today. So Max Muncy play a little bit better in the Chicago games at Wrigley Field. That's a little bit of a turnaround encouraging. But the rotation issue, it puts them in a decision point. And for us in fantasy, there are things we could exploit. You said about trying to to ease off some of these other guys. They could go very heavily on the Trevor Bauer pitching on three days rest thing. And I think they might well do it this weekend. I'm very curious to see their strategy there because the alternative is that they – Try to push up the timetables of guys like Gonsolin and Price. Gonsolin, they're trying to build up to be a starter. They could go to Josiah Gray, one of their top prospects. He would be fantasy relevant as thrown, if he's thrown into that rotation. And just because they're in that ballpark, anybody who gets a starting assignment is appealing to me. I think there is a lot of fantasy value to be had. But what direction do they go on the pitching side?
0: Some hot hitters on the most added list. Josh Rojas of Arizona, eligible both middle infield spots and outfield. He's the number one most added player, passing Jesus Aguilar and Tyler O'Neill. Rojas had a big spring, and then he had a bad April, and now he's hot again. Are you in?
1: I'm in. Uh, he's producing the max velocity he did during his great spring training. That is encouraging. The only negative is when they get their healthy players back. That blocks some of the paths to playing time. But I like the creativity they're doing with him.
0: Andrew Benintendi is stealing bases. There's still no power there, but he, he had a two homer game. Are you in on Benintendi?
1: No ish, uh, but the steals have their value if you're in a desperate spot. Benintendi
0: or Cedric Mullins? Who would you rather have rest of the year?
1: Probably in Tendi because I think there's a better path to playing time chasing the the counting numbers that are steals
0: older guys Andrew McCutcheon had a two homer game Brandon belt did uh, had a five RBI first inning are you in on these guys or was it just you know McCutcheon faced a bad pitcher and tap and uh, you know Giants were at Coors field Brandon Crawford went nuts in that series I, I are you in on Brandon belt good good last year
1: yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, Belt's going to miss his time. He has an injury history, and it's it's probably not going to change. But he's shown some good, bad-at-ball metrics, encouraging numbers that suggest that while he's healthy, he's a good guy to get. But it's a Coors Field-influenced hot streak, I think, mostly for him. I think he's corner infield material for the most part in a mixed league. McCutcheon, I mean, you, you get to watch a lot. The thing that bugs me about McCutcheon... I feel like he's regressing defensively. I think oh, it's a okay. noticeable amount. You you don't need to feel it, man. He he can't see.
0: He can't see the ball. And that's uh-huh. how bad things are getting in Philadelphia, where they sent him out to get an eye test because he kept dropping fly balls. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The
1: one where, where it went right through his legs, it looked like oh, it went my. right under his glove, and he looked completely baffled. This is
0: the worst defensive team in the sport. They're setting baseball back like 80 years for the defense. <laughs> Um, I, I, sometimes I change the channel. I, I, I can't, I don't know how they won last night, you know, which, with, which is tougher Matt to Moore watch
1: pitching the seventh inning. Which is tougher to watch the Phillies defense or the White Sox managerial decisions.
0: <laughs> I, you know what? You and I texted about this with Schoenfield yesterday. Like the, the some of the managerial decisions we've seen this season are baffling. Like they're yeah. off to a bad start and look, what's happening the with the White Sox. There've been
1: some questionable umpiring, umpiring moves. Awful.
0: Yep. Um, uh, I mean, there's just, I mean, yes, hitters are batting 230 this season. That's terrible, but it's still baseball that way. But like, like these lineup cards, you're misreading lineup cards too. Mm-hmm. And you don't know the rule. How do you not know the rules? How do you not, if you're in a fantasy league and you don't know the rules, that's bad. If you're the manager of a baseball team being paid millions, and you don't know the rules. That's even worse, man. That's just like, that's fireable. I, I don't think, I'm not sure he's making it through the season. I, I made a comp, you know, the Jerry Tarkanian when, he, when yeah. he, an NBA coach, like, I don't know man like I'm I'm starting to have concerns about White Sox players now they've lost yeah. two awesome outfielders to injuries yep. that was not his fault but like the way he uses Liam Hendricks, Giolito being overused, I, I'm I'm starting to have some, like, Kopech, like, yeah. I don't know, it's man. It's going
1: to have a, it, I think there there might be a, a noticeable impact on the fantasy production. There could be. That's my concern. Losing those two key players exposes flaws potentially in this roster, and if little things are dropped here and there decision-wise, strategy-wise, we are going to see the impact of that on fantasy. I mean, we've seen it already with the whole Andrew Vaughn thing with what's his role for the first two to three weeks of the season, and at least he's finally... I guess, beginning to show
0: hints. Who would you rather roster the rest of the season? Andrew Vaughn or Yerman Mercedes?
1: I, I, I'm in on Mercedes now. I, I, that was a huge whiff by me. He's, he's catcher eligible for one thing.
0: For this year. He won't be next year. Won't be next year. He's not even going to play catcher. Nope. They're, they're not even going to suit him up there. He's pitched an inning and he's not going to play catcher, but he's eligible in our game. He can hit he can really hit any yes, and, he, he and take a walk anyway one of the great know.
1: stories of 2021 so far and and just i i do hope it it results in as good a finish as it's been the start all right the highlights of the show now tristan sings the combo meals hey it's a combo meal De-de-de-de-de-de. combo combo De-de-de-de-de-de. it's a combo meal home run plus steal.
0: By the way, if we ever get back into the studio, we're not going to use our regular drops. It's Tristan singing from now on.
1: (laughs) We're never going back. The
0: pressure. Somebody pointed out on Twitter, like, if you're a new listener, you never even knew there were drops. And that's a good point. I think we stick with this. Uh, Why would we go back? And by the way, um, these players were making moves, and Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. To build your winning team today, go to linkedin.com slash sports. All right, here are the combo meals since our last show. Jake Marisnik, who's actually playing pretty well. Second combo meal by a Cub this season. Javi Baez had one. Uh, and then on Wednesday, Josh Naylor of Cleveland and Brandon Crawford at Coors. Any thoughts on any of these three players? None of, none of whom are rostered in every league. They're, you, you could pick them up right now. Of these three, who would you who, who would you pick up?
1: Um, If I'm pressed to pick up one, I probably would... Mm. Gosh, I probably would pick up Crawford. I'm not excited by any of the three. I, I'll defend Mariznick in saying that if the Ian Happ injury is long term, the defense Mariznick uh, provides is going to fuel some playing time. And he and he's a matchup daily league kind of guy against lefties. Let's talk about some pitchers
0: now. Um, is the orange now fully juiced on Steven Matz? Ugh, yeah, I can't believe I was in. Can't believe I. Fell I can't for believe that. you were in either. I can't. That's embarrassing. Last two outings, terrible again. Getting hounded. Um, I, I'm out. I'm out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how fast. I don't blame you. Is.
1: And and by the way, that is a problem for the Blue Jays staff wide because they do not have the starting pitching depth. They are in an even tougher spot than the Dodgers are right now, and I think that's going to potentially put unnecessary pressure on guys like Hyun Jin Ryu and and uh, Robbie Ray. Well, Nate Pearson should be up in a week or two.
0: Uh, His first outing in the minors, eight strikeouts over three and two-thirds. I wrote about the guys he struck out, the Red Sox prospects today. And then I actually wrote about the top 10 most rostered hitters that are prospects. Check it out. And um, interesting. It's an interesting order because like Austin Martin's not on it. And um, some interesting hitters that people are not picking up to stash for the season, yet they're, they're picking up Adley Rushman, who's not going to play this season. It's just, it's just weird what people did in their drafts in ESPN leagues and maybe other sites as well. Uh, Kenta Maeda turned things around against Texas, eight strikeouts over five and a third. I, I don't think we were worried about him. And I don't think we're worried about Kershaw, even though he didn't get he didn't make it to the second inning against the Cubs. Very strange. We thought, oh, Kershaw and Bauer in a doubleheader, and then neither one of them pitched well. You know what it is. You know what it
1: is. He's not a Star Wars
0: guy. Oh, is that what? You're wearing your Star Wars May the 4th be with you? Okay. No, today's
1: Revenge of the (laughs) 6th. No, but seriously, I, I found it fascinating that Kershaw, two of his worst outings, had come on May the 4th.
0: I didn't, I didn't even know you really think there's something with no, that. No, okay.
1: I don't. That, that, and I was gonna I'm watching Jeff Basson's comment on the uh the, the jinxes with John Means, and I was really tempted to reply. I'm kinda of like, there's totally a thing as Jinxes, and yet there's totally no such thing as jinxes. It's just a fun, ridiculous thing we talk about. I think Kershaw just it was like the Andy Pettit thing back in the day. There are some days a pitcher just doesn't have it.
0: I'm seeing Cole Irvin of Oakland go get picked up in a lot of leagues a lot of former phillies doing well uh pitchers once they leave philadelphia Carl irvin man i i expect a durable hitter innings eater who gives up a lot of hits he's not giving up a lot of hits is that all oakland's home stadium or what i i watched him in philly last couple years and i'm like this guy's not special uh apparently he does share a birthday with both jackie robinson and kyle sapi our beloved producer i did not oh. know that okay oh, i like it so, that's why you should pick him up. Oh, yeah. uh, by, the way,
1: he's getting, he, by the way, he's actually getting more K's than you and I had talked about the other day. Remember you said it, a little bit more pitch to contact. That's his nature. Yeah, so the swinging strike rate bats, backs up that, that skill set. But he's getting K's.
0: I mean, at some point in a month, we might be discussing John Means, Carlos Rodon, and Cole Irvin as top 50 or 60 starting pitchers, all three of them. I would find that hard to believe with Irvin. But I do, I, so. he, he's different. He's different now um anyway those are the pitchers that we've been talking about and max free came back wednesday and looked uh, uh only 72 pitches but he looked good we have washington all or nothing on offense uh, atlanta too what a weird nl east just i can't explain it okay let's move on now let's uh the closer carousel and you will sing for that as well
1: it's the closer carousel
0: uh, Nicholas on Twitter writes: Should I be worried about Jake McGee? He has actually allowed runs in four of his past six games. Doesn't have a save in uh, at least two weeks, and there were some course field shenanigans. But um, Trevor Rogers, the the other brother, the other twin, is actually looking really good in the eighth inning. And uh, the manager, Gabe Kapler, said maybe Rodgers gets some save chances instead of McGee. And he goes, McGee goes to the eighth. I could see that happening. But, you know, Rogers is not really a typical closer. It's a, he throws underhand, not a big strikeout guy. It's like a 5.1K per nine. Do we really think Rogers is going to be the closer?
1: I I think that this is Kepler's way of saying he's going to revert back to the committee he designed during spring training. And in uh, McGee's case, yeah, it' it, a little bit course field driven, but the velocity of that fastball is not in the past couple of outings, what it was last year when he had that great season for the Dodgers. So I I am, I'm buying here. I think, I think Rogers could get you some, you know, a handful of saves for pretty much nothing.
0: Um, Karinczak is dominant. still only three saves. Uh, how many saves is Karin- he has an o sixty four ERA with twenty nine strikeouts and fourteen innings. I still think Clauset gets more saves, like twenty two, and Karinczak twelve. Does
1: that sound fair to you? Yeah, and I mean Clase could get thirty five saves potentially, but yeah, they're they're both very appealing. I mean, there there's always a bullpen that has two guys who are absolutely roster worthy, and that looks like it. They are both great.
0: What are you doing with um? Oakland here. Lou Trevino got lit up again yesterday. Usmera Petit is more like a long man, but he's getting wins because they're a good team. So Kyle writes, how do you decide if guys like this are worth it in our standard game? Save equity is low, but ratios are always solid for Petit. He gets wins. Um, he's durable at 70 appearances every year. I mean, is is there a scenario for you where Diekmann, um and Trevino – and Petit are all kind of getting saves, or what do you think is going to happen?
1: I think there is a path to that. Oakland's another one that could lean committee, but it hadn't really been Bob Melvin's style to go that direction, at least not in the past couple of years. He he likes to get one hot hand and stick with him. I, I still think Trevino kind of has the leg up. I, I see your point, though. Petit's very interesting. Petit might be one of the more underrated, I mean, back end of a deep league staff guy, more underrated pitchers that fantasy managers could exploit in our game.
0: Derek Castillo goes on the disabled list for Tampa Bay. Pete Fairbanks comes back. I ask you, do you keep Castillo rostered in an ESPN standard?
1: As long as you're not in an IL numbers crunch, yes. Because, well, not Fairbanks. a twenty save
0: guy though. Like is like they have Fairbanks back. They get Springs is, is getting saves. Kittredge is starting and saving. Yep. They can do anything. I I don't know if Diego Castillo gets twenty saves.
1: They they could well go back to the twenty twenty bullpen. I just I think twenty is still a fair number for Castillo. They were pretty relying on him this year. They were relying on on him in the postseason. I still think he could get to twenty. But it's it bothers me that this is a ten day IL move that's for an actual injury. So we'll you know we'll see how that plays out.
0: By the way, Julian Mer- Merriweather got transferred from, from the regular injured list to the sixty, so he's out a while with the oblique. So I would drop him.
1: Sorry, listeners. I've blown it on two pickups that they got injured in ways I couldn't see. Merriweather and then Alex Kirilov. Of uh,
0: the... Arizona activated Joaquim Soria. You think he's getting saves or is it Stefan Crichton?
1: I think Soria will get saves at some point, but there's no reason to chase it down today. Crichton for now. All right. Uh, By the way, James, i got a sleeper for you. Who do you got? I would keep an eye on the way that Jonathan Loizaga is being used for the Yankees. They are now starting to use him in high leverage work. But he can't get saves. Oh, he could if things happen as they do occasionally with Chapman. He's you had think the, with it
0: is an injury? He would have to be hurt.
1: There's always a chance that a guy like that could have a 10-day IL stint and there's some saves you get for nothing. Could, but, um,
0: could, could Johnny Lasagna be like Petit in Oakland, winning like nine games and with an array of like three and like 90 strikeouts? That'd be a valuable pitcher.
1: Unfortunately, no, because it's not the way the Yankees have been shifting him lately. They're 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 kind of locking him into the eighth inning role that – Looked like it was Chad Greens initially. They're not It'll you, be I, Zach like, Britton.
0: It'll be Zach Britton soon, won't it? You'd think, but that's at least July 1st. All right. um, lots of games on Thursday that start in the afternoon. One that doesn't mad bum, Bumgarner at Miami. Yep. Good matchup again. Love it. Love it. Great matchups for Bumgarner. He's facing Pablo Lopez, who seems to have graduated into like top 25 starting pitcher status here. You're yeah. a whip. He's not allowing anything.
1: He's striking people out. I mean, we all thought it was Alcantara, but Lopez looks just as good, by the way. I, I love Lopez skills wise. I think he is a very underrated pitcher, pure pitcher. Uh, these two guys you mentioned have the same opponent in their next two starts. It's Bumgarner road, Miami hosting Miami next and vice versa for Pablo Lopez. On Friday, Philadelphia is at Atlanta, and Charlie Morton
0: is the pitcher. And uh, his XERA is good, but his real ERA for us is not. And he's given up four-plus earned runs in three of his past four starts. And he's already already seen the Phillies twice, and they've hit him a little bit. Mm -hmm. So Charlie Morton, um, I think I ranked him in the top 30 30 a month ago, and I'm not doing it anymore. Is this about age? Is this just bad luck? Is he going to be fine? What do you think?
1: The first thing I think is I'd like, love to do a deep dive on the curveball because uh, the performance of that pitch in the postseason was what encouraged me about this season. Still missing bats. I'm mostly still in, but I see your point about the Phillies having handled them recently. This matchup makes me uncomfortable.
0: Uh, Corbin Burns is supposed to pitch on Friday coming off the injured list. Is that correct? Um, That's,
1: they, they are now hinting that they're not going to announce something on him until at least tomorrow. So I'm, I'd be careful.
0: But, you know, he's facing Trevor Rogers of Miami. And Kyle asks, is is Burns a DFS anchor? And I would say, is Rogers a DFS anchor? I've seen three days of Milwaukee hitters, uh, and I'm not impressed. I mean, they've got Vogelbach playing against lefties and righties, batting like third or fourth. Um, no Yelich. Kane's kind of a shell of himself. Um, they're missing some players there. Trevor Rogers looks really good. Home at Miami. Had a good season. I think he can be a DFS anchor. I'm looking at the day and trying to... Decide who is the anchor of the day, Eduardo Rodriguez? No, Rodan at Kansas City, perhaps. Urias. Oh, I
1: like that.
0: Aureus <laughs> against the other LA team is interesting. Aureus is good. Aureus is going to be in my top 20, like mm-hmm. next time top, among starting pitchers. He's so what good. You, give, give me the innings number for Aureus. That's the only yeah. thing I would like. But like I said, like 10 minutes ago, like what if the Dodgers can't afford to do that this season because they don't have any depth? Is David Price making 10 starts? Probably not. So I think Aureus might lead
1: the team in the innings. I'll be honest, you, I don't see any chance that happens. I just don't think they're going to do it. I, I, You're right that they could be forced into that corner, but I don't. What are they being so careful of with him anyway. His history is scary. All right. That's the only thing. That, but I'm, I'm with you. On skill, they need to be pushing him. And there's the debate to be made that you should be giving a guy like that 180 innings. I see your point. By the way, with Rogers, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I'd love to see the prices. I think price is probably going to drive a little bit of uh, Friday's slate. I'm just, I see a scenario where Julio
0: Urias is the most valuable Dodgers pitcher this season. Oh, yeah. I Nothing could... against Bueller and Kershaw, mm-hmm. but Urias is going seven innings and half his starts, mm-hmm. striking everybody out. I understand what you're saying about the injury history, but I think the Dodgers, he's 24 now. I think they let him pitch. I, 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 think, I think there's a way that he could be the innings leader, the wins leader,
1: the strikeouts leader, everything. Most viable pitcher on the staff. The obvious problem is that I don't think he's even met a hundred innings in quite some time. That's the only problem I have with him. It's been um, okay. It's been twenty sixteen, and that was one hundred and twenty two innings. All
0: right. Here's Saturday, and um, this is the first game of the day. It's on ESPN Plus, and it's Max Scherzer and Corey Kluber. Oh. And um, are you back? In, are you in on Kluber? And you were never really
1: out, but like this is a big outing yeah. for how we view him in fantasy, isn't it? Yep. Yes, it is. Because as I mentioned, Kluber not doing what he did when he was at his peak. He's made some adjustments. He's a little bit more leaning to finesse than power. And this is a matchup that's trickier than the Detroit one where he stood out. I want to see how he responds in the follow-up. Wow. I'd sit him here. I actually would. You would sit Corey Kluber. In our possibly. game, in our game. 10-team and, and shallow, okay.
0: I would. That's interesting because his last two starts, again, Baltimore-Detroit, 15 strikeouts in 14 and 2 innings. And I don't know if Juan Soto is playing. Well, actually, he'll be the DH because he's right. at the Yankees. He's he going to play. Throw. Yeah, he'll play. But, but why is taking it really cautious with Juan Soto. They're not letting him play the field yet, but I assume for the weekend at Yankee Stadium, he will.
1: Yeah, the only problem I have – like the difference between Washington is that the forecaster grade gives it 23 points weighted on base, which is a lot. And they lean a little contact-oriented. They're kind of middling there. I, it's, I, ju- I just – this matchup scares me a bit with Soto back. Uh, Luis Castillo and that plus-six
0: ERA, which he doesn't deserve. I mean, if you look at – if you do a little bit of a deep dive on Luis Castillo, which I have done, mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'm all that concerned – 40 hits in and 29 and two thirds. That's BABIP driven. His BABIP right now is uh, 370. But I mean, other things on him, the chase rate, career high, swing and miss rate, career low. It, weird. Like that doesn't make sense. But they, what are you, you're not dumping him, but like it's at Cleveland. It's a good matchup. Yep.
1: You're not dumping him. The only problem is the fastball has been a disaster this year and the velocity is ever so slightly down. It's still top grade. I think it's 96 and a half right now. Uh, and Cleveland is one of the best matchups you could ask. It's not Detroit from matchups uh, from a matchup standpoint, but it's up there as one of the five most favorable. He's got to step up here and he'd do it with me in his lineup. We do it with, him in my lineup. Oh, man, I'm getting all my pronouns mixed I think up. I,
0: I understood what, what you were trying to say there. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm having some trouble today, too. I don't even know why. I, uh, I
1: had my coffee too long ago, I guess.
0: <laughs> Sunday Night Baseball on ESPN with the crew is Aaron Nola of the Phillies and Atlantis Huascar Anoa, who not only, not only is pitching great, but he's hitting home runs. He's got yeah. home runs in his last two starts. It's fun. He's been fun. Hasn't allowed runs, but Aaron Noah was a little different. Um, but Anoa, he's got to be on the most added list. Let me check. Uh, are you in? Are you? What do you think of Huasca? I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it. right. I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm not trying Hwaska to Huasca Anoa,
1: I believe. He's
0: okay. the number two most added pitcher to Dylan Cease, who's been ceasing to walk people, striking people out. Yeah. Um, who would you rather have, Cease or Anoa?
1: You have one spot, Cease. Because I, I build from a long-term angle. However, today, you must have a Noah, And that is an orange juice. Enjoy. I don't know how long it's going to last, but I'll tell you, it's going to be tasty stats. Um, Not tasty stats. And the last outing for Herman Marquez
0: of Colorado. This Sunday, he's at St. Louis. He didn't get out of the first inning. And I, I lost literally like... 30 points in three days in my it's out league and i had marquez active um i probably Same shouldn't here. have but he's pitching so well and he was pitching fine cores and then he gets gives up eight runs Giants so, own him
1: the giants absolutely own him if you look at the numbers i should have known better so i think this
0: is a fair question so colorado at st louis herman marquez versus adam wainwright which pitcher would
1: you rather use because it's at st louis it's a debate it's Hmm. It's Wayne right for me. I think the matchup is better. I mean Colorado's offense there. But like yeah. the
0: the fact that we're even saying would you use Herman Marquez in a road game or not is kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean if I look at counting the cores games, the Rockies actually great as the more favorable matchup overall than the Cardinals for a pitcher. That's It's better to face the Rockies anywhere than it is to face the Cardinals anywhere, in which case I think that's that swings it enough in Wainwright's column. All right,
0: now let's swing over to Kyle Soppy. Kyle Soppy, who has trivia and hash browns for us. What do you got?
2: Sure, dude. There's two NL East players this year that have a 400 or better OBP, yet they remain on the wire in over 35% of leagues. I want you to name them, and then once we get the names, I want you to rank them. 400 OVP, widely available. We'll get to that in a minute. Hash Browns, Spencer's up first. Points league, rest of the way, Manaya or Montas, which A's pitcher do you want?
0: I think I trust Manaya more, better whip. Um, he, his, last time I looked, his barrel rate was low, and Montas has a couple really bad outings this season, so if he's going to blow up one-third of the time, then I don't want him, but um, I think Manaya for points and roto do you agree with
1: that tristan i think so i trust him more start by start and that is important and trying to do a quick look at this he did show a hint of improved fastball velocity which means maybe there's something a little better ahead for him is it
2: okay to be in on both
1: oh yeah sure I mean, you don't have concerns
0: about Montas not being a top 60 starting pitcher yet, do you?
1: No, not really. I mean, Montas has, uh, you know, like the inconsistent history. But no, I'd be patient with him. Already. Mike wants to know what in the world is going on with Max Muncy and who are some
2: under the radar second base options that he can use until Muncy gets his stuff together.
0: Uh, He homered a few times this week. I think with Max Muncy, you you know what you're going to get. Takes a lot of walks. Yep. He's going to end up, I think, with 30 home runs, but he might bat like 230 along the way. Mm-hmm. So that's something to watch. Um, if you're in an on-base league, I mean, that's a 400 on-base. But I am not uh, giving up on Max Muncy, and I, I suspect neither are you. But if you want to look at uh, second-base-only players, I mean, Josh Rojas, obviously, there's no way I would drop Muncy for Rojas. Nope. Uh, Nico Horner, who are, I pick up in a weekly league on Monday morning, and then... Tuesday morning, he's on the injury list. I, I just you can't, I can't get a break with it with my one of the one team. Um, I'm not dropping Muncy for for Rojas, Horner, Josh Harrison, Colton Wong,
1: Aureus. None of these guys, are you? Wong is the closest there, and it's a pretty wide gap. No, absolutely not. And this is especially so in anything leaning points or sabermetric. And by the way, Statcast expected batting average 260. That's right in line with the 2018 and 19 compared to the 221 reality so he was bound to turn things around and seeing those homers thank you for improving the hard hit rate because that was the one question i had about him was the hard hit rate was down so far
2: john's curious about ryan Mountcastle generated a lot of hype this preseason because of a strong 2020 is yet to get it together in 2021 are you buying in, or can't or are you out on him
0: it's a low batting average but the biggest problem is five walks and 36 strikeouts. He can't get away with that. Pitchers figure it out. Um and that's his biggest issue. I mean, he should be a 25 he sh- should be hitting 260 with 25 home runs, but he can't do that with this plate discipline. And what's weird is like just a, lot, a bunch of Baltimore hitters. Like they had an interesting outfield like 6 weeks ago and obviously Santander being on the injury list doesn't help, but like Austin Hayes um you know low batting average can't get on base there's a little pop there but he's not getting to it Mullins, of course is doing great but he's not really stealing bases he's three for five yep um moncastle not hitting mancini is doing fine 250 he'll end up with 250 and 30 home runs but it's, it's kind of a dj stewart i thought yep. could be a power hitter he's batting 180 yep it's like these guys aren't working out i don't understand why
1: yeah they have Interesting names with some modest talent that could be useful in in even in ESPN standard leagues, but they're not getting it done. You're right, and in Mount Castles, I'll forgive him a little bit that there was the injury absence. I forget what it was for, but you're you're dead on about the the plate discipline. He had a forty percent chase rate last year. He has a forty percent this year, and by the way, the league's average is twenty eight. He's got to improve there, and I think you're. It, You're right that pitchers have begun to adapt to him and he needs to respond to it. I'm optimistic he can. I think he's got higher talent than a lot of the other names you mentioned, but we got to see it. He's got to make these fixes.
0: Santander is a guy we thought was going to hit 30 home runs. He's probably on the injury list for a couple more weeks. Is he a guy you stash?
1: That's an if you can do it, but don't do it at the expense of somebody more important with your IL spots.
2: All right, last one comes from Michael Yasmani Grandal right at the Mendoza line. Can we cut ties with him or are you stand patient?
0: Yeah, I didn't really see that coming. I mean, he's a walker. He's like the Muncie of catchers. Max Muncy. I mean, he's going <laughs> walk a, right. He walks a ton and he hits his home, like reach, it. but yeah. it's a low batting average. I'm trying to find him on the player raider, and I can't. But in points leagues, obviously he's uh, he's number 30 on the player raider behind Jose Trevino and Roberto Perez. He's still behind Travis Darno. He's not even playing for months. Um, but don't you have to keep ranking Grandel? I did. I did a deep dive on catchers yeah. on on Wednesday's blog, saying I think Buster Posey, Posey is legit. Like that's a guy. All the metrics on Posey say that's a twenty homer guy. That's three hundred right now. Yeah, um, amazing what the year off did for him. I guess. <laughs> would you Would you rather have Posey than Grandel at this point?
1: Yeah, most of my leagues lean towards rewarding the Sabre metrics here. And you know I was concerned about Grundahl. Yeah, maybe in our standard game, I feel safer with Posey. He doesn't hurt me. Grundel, by the way, the metrics, barrel rate, hard hit rate, uh, any of the expected numbers, I mean, the K rates down, these are all very much in line with his career norms. And to defend him, the White Sox deliberately were being conservative with his playing time to begin the year. They were trying to keep him in check there, so... I have to think things get better. What are you going to replace him with? Catcher is just so bad.
0: I don't think it's so bad, though. That's my point. Like, that's what I wrote about. Obviously, you didn't read it. Uh, I mean, like, Posey's now rostered in 82%. and Carson Kelly's up to 87 But Sean Murphy's still available in a lot of leagues. And, you know, I wrote about... I think th- th- I think Varsho's interesting. I think, I think williams is going to end up hitting 280 with 15 home runs. That might make him a top t- 10 catcher. You know, the Walker in Milwaukee... Um, Narvaez, like, isn't Narvaez doing what, what Grandall used to? Like, he could hit for two, he could hit at least 250. He takes his walks. I mean, this Francisco Mejia looks like he could hit 12 home runs and about 280 as well. Like, that's all I want <laughs> is 12 homers and 280.
1: Tucker Barnard's doing that right now right when's Narvaez's return is he back yet I don't think it's long term I think no, it's, it's a short yeah term. It's, a, it's a hamstring one there in a desperate spot I know they need him I mean I'm with you with the like you're, you're picking and choosing the good little things that these guys do and I'm with you there but my mind goes back to at least 24 catchers are rostered in almost every league I play in you're just not gonna Kyle what's the what's the league type for this it's a good
2: question. Didn't leave context, but let's say 10-team standard ESPN. Let's say there's— You're not dropping him in a 10-team standard. 15. You...
1: Yeah, but your point okay. is valid on if Sean Murphy and guys like that in the top 15 in the true ranks are right. out there in your league and Carson Kelly. Okay. And there's nothing wrong with chasing good stats and regular playing time.
0: All right. Uh, Grandal probably fine. Again, he and Max Muncy. Just be a little patient in a roto league. In a points league, they're, they're terrific.
1: Would you buy in it at, at 15 team mix to catcher valuation? That means he's top 15. Yeah. Would you I'm, buy yeah. in on a trade right now?
2: Yes, I would. I would. Me too. Yeah. No. I, I think you're right there. We'll go back to trivia here. Actually, I actually had a third answer added to this list. So there are five players in the NL East with a 400 OBP or better. Three are widely available in ESPN leagues. Can you name? And we'll get to the ranking of them afterward.
0: Well, I know one of them because he's a former Philly and everybody does better after they leave Philly. That's Corey Dickerson.
2: Corey Dickerson is, in fact, on this list 408.
0: But no power. Like one home run, um, not to 10 RBI yet. So, like middle of that, right? middle of that order. He, if they don't score, and they without Jazz Chisholm... Around. They've bounced yeah. the
1: lineup around based on the injuries.
0: He's taking walks, which is nice.
1: That's the on-base percentage, obviously.
0: But is Corey Dickerson a top 60 outfielder in Roto Leagues? Probably not. Um yeah. Would I drop McCutcheon for Dickerson? I don't know if I would. Like, I, I, I still see McCutcheon ending up with, like... 18 homers, 260, so so good Good times are ahead, and scoring 70 runs. I'm not sure Dickerson does that in home runs and runs.
1: And Kutch might get more runs than that projection.
0: He might. Um, so I, I, I think Dickerson's a valuable player, but, you know, like if Brad Miller has to play right field every day because Bryce Harper hits the injured list, which, which really could happen today, like Brad Miller and Corey Dickerson are kind of similar. You know, lefty guys. Um, Miller's been batting second with Harper out.
1: And I actually feel better about trying to exploit the daily matchups with Brad Miller than I do with Corey Dickerson. Dickerson's okay in NL. That's that's my feeling on him. I got a guess for you, but he's, he's probably rostered in too many leagues. What do you got? Brandon Nimmo.
2: Brandon Nimmo is also accurate. thirty. He's behind only Bryce Harper in the division. That's he a, gets on base. He
0: doesn't do a, much else.
1: But I I feel like in that lineup and that situation, that's it's he's – underrated I, I i think that's a, a criminally low percent he's, on, percent
0: he's on the injured list too he just went on for what did he what happened to brandon nimmo let me let me find nimmo here i can't uh,
2: uh, they're finding Nimmo? Uh, uh <laughs>
0: finger oh it was a finger injury bone bruise okay um shouldn't What's the be too table? long uh sounds like the minimum and he's the leadoff hitter and and kevin pilar is not going to keep doing this so i think when brandon nimmo comes back he plays yep Nimmo versus McCutcheon leadoff hitters in the division. Who would you rather have rest of the year in no. a Roto? It's Nimmo in a Roto. It may not be
1: because I don't know. No, it's competitive. The You're right. I mean, I mean, McCutche- McCutcheon's true power is probably a little bit better than Nimmo's. Don't you think?
0: I do. I do. But like something's wrong with him.
1: <laughs> I, yeah.
0: I don't know. It's just it's weird. What a weird Phillies team.
1: You could go with either one here. I I probably would just personally ride with with Nimmo.
2: All right. Then,
1: one more. Uh, OBG's I, 400 on the
2: nose. Okay. MVP. And you, you've
1: calculated that out beyond three digits?
2: <laughs> Can't say that I have, but he plays the infield. We'll give you that much.
1: Not Josh Harrison, I hope. Not Josh, Josh Harrison. Harrison. Okay, good. <laughs> it,
0: it's definitely not Scott Kingery. He's I, <laughs> Confirmed. I, unbelievable what's happened to that guy in the last three years. Just unbelievable. Can't even stay in the majors now gosh that's this... up the heat anything infield uh it's not Ryan Zimmerman doesn't have enough pAs i assume Correct. um going through the teams it's here.
1: a it's a batting title qualified player
2: yep he has played 30
0: oh games. you know who it is cuz they they're playing them this weekend. It's it's Austin Riley. It is it? Mr.
2: Austin Riley.
0: Who should not be doing that.
1: First guy to and mind nobody, I said, No way. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought no
0: way. I, I was looking him up to pick him up in a league and I and I was like, how is he hitting 300 with that plate discipline? And yeah. and he's and he's walking and you know he's going to hammer Matt more this weekend. Like I was thinking like what's going on there? Um 3 home runs, which is not what we want, but 11 walks. Last year, he had 16, the entire season. So, and he's really, his strikeout rate is not that bad. Like, Austin Riley is taking steps here to become, like, I I would have projected Austin Riley to be a 30-home run guy who hits 230. And now I'm wondering if he's a 20-home run guy who hits 270, which,
1: frankly, would be more valuable. People don't realize the batting average problem. Kyle, I consider this a home run trivia question. I look at him, he's got a, 20 percent he's got a 21 percent swing and strike rate as rookie year then 15 then 12 chase rate went 41 to 37 to 28 he's made some changes but the ground ball rate is one of the highest he's ever had as a pro 47 right elevate so the, the ball
0: the power is not there but a three wouldn't you take a 300 batting average with 15 home runs over what we thought he was going to do
1: yes but i i feel like these metrics are suggesting that he's in the midst of an adjustment so I would rather see him sacrifice some of the batting average, go back to 265, give us 25 homers. Don't you think that's? I think that's within the realm of possibility. Yeah,
0: I think somewhere in the middle there would be what we would really want. I'm intrigued. Okay. I like I'm this. intrigued too, and I hadn't thought about him before mm-hmm. the season. I was like, I didn't want him. You know, I don't. I mean, 30 home runs is great, but you know what? With everybody batting 230, you reevaluate who you want to roster now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like you could win batting average in your league with a 250 mark crazy hmm. all right that's all for today thank you so much for listening to our show remember the mother's day weekend uh please call your mother or do more than that take her take her to brunch whatever and and have and, your mother listen to the baseball tonight podcast as well they do a great job there we give you the fantasy spin they talk about the ga- game in total for five days a week Tristan, and
1: double it up, up for me yeah because it's a happy birthday to my mother too Mama wow. Stat. <laughs>
0: Mama stat. Yep. Never gets old. Mama stat's
1: birthday. Yes. All
0: right. This has been fantasy focused baseball presented by LinkedIn jobs for Kyle Sopi and Tristan H. Cockcroft and mama stat. I am Eric Haribo. Have an awesome mother's day weekend.